Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, it's real good. How real are you? Good. Oh, real yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's give me a real low key. It's real soft over here. Real soft. Real early. It's early. It's gentle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to get. You know, I've been trying to get eight eight hours for a while now. I know we've talked about it. No, no, no. Go, go. Well, I've been oh, trying to get. I'll talk. I'll talk real quiet because I want to hear about the sleep. I know you've been looking at your book about sleep. I've been looking at it, and mm. I've been trying. I've been trying to get eight hours, and it's been good. Mm. It's been real good to to just be focusing mm. on trying to get. I'm trying to get a, a solid eight hours. Solid eight. Because the book I've been reading says that all this thing about second sleep, all these other alternative theories, you can just throw them all out the window. Out the window. Because you're gonna need you're gonna need to come in on Saturday, and you're gonna need to get eight straight hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Eight straight. And I've been trying to do that. Last night I didn't I didn't get there, but I tell you what, just trying feels good. You know, hmm. there are no losers in trying to get eight hours of sleep. I was wondering about that. You, you don't feel see part of, part of the problem with this is like. You take anything, we've talked about anxiety recently, where like when I feel like when I find myself doing the stuff I should be doing anyway, like taking care of myself and doing meditation and stuff like that, I only tend to return to that when I'm stressed out, so now I associate it with stress. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you're not stressing about this. Well, no, and it's it's a key, I mean, it's not a key, but there are some sentences in the sleep book to remind you to do that, uh, to not get stressed about not being able to go to sleep. But I, I, uh, you know, that, that cycle and I've heard about, I've heard it talked about where you're lying in bed and you're like, I have to wake up and I'm still not asleep. And mm-hmm. you know, and you're just spiraling up, up, up. It's not making it better. No. And I don't, I don't do that. Uh, but I, uh, but you know, like I don't, I walk around like down on myself all the time. So when you, when I come up with something that is a new thing to be down on myself about, it's, it's not like, Oh shit, I got to get to sleep. It's more like great job. Oof. Fuck face. Yep. Um, but I'm trying not to do that. I'm just lying. I'm just lying there. I'm like, and you know, the problem is obvious. I shouldn't go to bed at three o'clock in the morning. And we've, I mean, I've been talking about this since you and I met. It seems obvious. It's not always obvious. It's not obvious because think of all the stuff out there that you can only read at 2.45 in the morning. That's true. You know, you're not going to be able to, like, be reading about the history of Welsh rarebit at 2 a.m. You have Mm -hmm. to wait. Yeah, you you got markets opening around the world. (laughs) That's right. You like to check in on your markets? I want to be in on the Korean markets. I want to see what's happening Mm -hmm. uh, around the world. I want to, you know, Shanghai. I want to see what the market has to say. But but uh, but uh, but otherwise otherwise Merlin you know mm. is he is he a great man is mm. he a, you know is he a kind man <laughs> uh, I'm good I'm good yeah how, you know how's it going over there it sounds like you're you're you're, uh, you're typing oh uh, I got to type I'm always doing stuff yeah I'm you know, sorry I'm sorry I shouldn't do that but I have to do that I no, even got no, a quiet keyboard you should hear what it'd be like with my old keyboard. Oof. I think I wrote, I think I was here when you had an old keyboard. I well, think I was that on the other end keyboard. of the keyboard. This is I just brought that keyboard up a second ago, but if I was doing what I normally do. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, see that's got sound. Didn't I'm, you used I'm much to have more efficient. 
Didn't she used to have a compressor or something? Or a, or a This uh, is a little bit inside answer? baseball, but, you know, everything that's in the show is in the show. I try to, to ride this a little bit, but, you know, I try to do uh, what they call gate, but it's it makes it weird, and I don't like yeah. editing things. No, gate is bad. Um, uh, I would continue mm-hmm, with mm-hmm, the sleep mm-hmm. talk a little bit, because I, I do think it's interesting. Well, so so. Pat, you can know, I say one thing? Can I say one yeah, thing here? Course, so course, you course. laugh. People laugh. People people deride. Who, who they, derides? They point, they point. They point. And they say, "Oh, it's so obvious." Stop going to bed at three a.m. You know, and yeah. I say, "Don't think of an elephant." Here's the problem: is the past is prologue. You know, uh-huh, uh-huh. habits die hard. You know, and if you're if you're wired a certain way, doesn't matter whether it's good or bad. It's just how it is. Think about think about if you uh, you ever try to stop cursing. Ah, shoopty dude, have I? Well, yeah. On, on our family friendly program, we hardly ever say swears. Hmm. I. When, my, when our daughter was born, I tried real hard. I remember my mother saying how hard it was for my dad to stop cursing because apparently he was a world class swearer. Oh. I, ne- I never got access to that, which is a bummer. But um, you don't realize how much you swear until you try to stop swearing. You don't it realize. Is hard to stop swearing. Well, because you know, um, I don't mean to get all Asai Hayakawa here, but you know, uh, language is the way that we express the way our brain works, and we do not have a way to go flick a button in our head. Whether that's how you think about uh, progressive social issues or Bitcoin or cursing, like mm. the way that you get your mind right about something takes a real long time because that's how mm. you've mostly always done it, and the way you've mostly always done it is not thinking about it too much. Mm-hmm. This very morning. I decided I'm going to clean up my office because it really, really needs it. And and on the one hand, it's astonishingly easy just to go like, oh, God, there's so much stuff here that's garbage that I can throw out. On the one mm-hmm. hand, that's very easy. But the reason it got to where it is is because that's where it went. Yes, because it then, isn't easy. It's No, it's not. I mean, it's what what is easy or what is repeated becomes who we are. And that's, you know, so I, anyway, I just want to say, like, I'm sympathetic to that because I think there's a lot of stuff that seems obvious to somebody for whom that's not the easy thing. So, I mean, it's, but then on top of that, then, so how do you fix that? And the way you fix that normally is you act like you're, you know, if you're a middle-aged man, you act like you're trying to knock down a door and you get mm-hmm. all mad and you mm-hmm. yell at yourself. And that's exactly the wrong way to deal with sleep is all I'm saying. That's not all I'm saying, but that's, that's, a, that's a component of what I'm saying. You know, there are a lot of things that, little interjections that we put into our talk. Mm-hmm. I, I think in the case of swears, bad swears, that you always, if you if you grew up like me, and I presume like you, you always have a little toothpick, a little, a little like, cocktail feathered toothpick that you put in every time you swear because you know you're doing something wrong. Like, that's, that's baked in to us from kids. So I, I find it not the hardest thing to do to not swear in varying company because I always feel like there's a little flag in every swear. A tiny one, like not obviously with my friends, I'm not sitting there going, God damn fucking razor and then putting little 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 toothpicks in. But But if you're King Neptune and you're in front of a mic, you're gonna notice swear. that little tassel tassel toothpick coming your way and you're gonna yeah. say, I, I reject you. Yeah, it's not a uh That's it, not what a king does. Yeah, it's not like uh, because I find myself. I, I was I was listening to myself talk the other day, and I heard myself say the word. Well, obviously, and then I would say something, and then I would talk for a little while, and then I'd be like, "Well, obviously," and I realized, oh, the word "obviously" has become a tick. I I have now heard myself say it a couple of times, and it's like once you start looking for Volkswagen bugs on the highway, mm-hmm. you start seeing Volkswagen bugs everywhere. I'm hearing myself say, obviously, and like any tick, as soon as you're aware of it, 
Now, it's really hard not to say obviously, like I'm choking on obviouslys, and I don't know why the hell that's the tick. Things aren't obvious. Always. Sometimes they are. And now I'm like, how long have I been saying obviously in that way? I'm trying to stick a toothpick in that, but like, you know, the word fuck, like every time I say it, I have to get over the hump of of realizing that I'm saying a swear. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's, there's probably, I think there's almost certainly a name for this kind of word, but there's a kind of word that we, a whole set of words that we use when we're speaking extemporaneously. So, I mean, you know, people like to criticize young people saying, um, it was, you know, like, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But that's that's the sound of your brain processing. Like me right now, this this sentence, such as it is, is riddled with ellipses as I try to figure out what it, what it is that I'm trying to say. Well, and, you and I both say, I mean, I mean, yeah. we both say, I mean, as a, as a pause, as a, there are so many. I mean, well, and there's a lot that they become sort of, um, sort of hot. I think two that are hot right now and have been for a few years is look, look, and the other one, listen, listen, they're, they're both a version of, so they're both a way of like, we're going to pause this and now I'm going to reframe this in the way, but like, I don't think people realize necessarily once they start going down the look and listen hole, I don't think they know how much they're using it. Look, listen, listen. Um, well, <laughs> when, uh, obviously, when obviously when I do sh- shows, live shows, uh, where it's storytellers, because um, I do quite a few of these types of things with people in Portland and and sometimes in San Francisco, even I'm in a little storyteller group where we get up and tell stories. And uh, early on, I realized uh, someone in the group pointed out. Nine out of ten or ninety nine out of a hundred uh, storytellers will get up and start their story by saying so and then they'll start telling the story yeah. and and this person was saying to me, just don't say so whatever you do don't start your story with so and I got up and I was like so and you know you do that little like so and it's the hardest thing to break when you're trying to it's sort of like people on podcasts all say, hey, guys, mm-hmm. or like YouTube. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Like, who, who are these titular guys? Who are you talking to? Hey, guys. That's a weird tick of, Th- of those YouTube. Both, those both have I, the problem with so, and I've covered this so much in the past, but I think the one problem with so is that people maybe even unintentionally uh, use that as a way to not answer the question that somebody asked. I think it is oh. definitely a tactic. And it's a way to reframe what's about to be said. I, I think when you get so, or hey guys, and stuff like that, a lot of that is to place what's happening now in this moment. In the moment. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yep, yep. If you're so, telling tellin us, it's yeah. Just you and, it's yeah. just you and me, guys. Yeah. Hey, guys. Yeah. The thing about Sleep Bro Book mm-hmm. is that he says a couple of things. There, uh, that your circadian rhythm... Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Your circadian rhythm is what it is. And your whole life, people are telling you that you've got to, that it's a habit that you have to get on a good one of. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you're doing it wrong. But he says, we've taken people, we put uh, them down. Really, though, I mean, along the lines of, um, you, you've been eating too much junk food. So now make a mindful attempt to buy more, buy and consume more fresh fruits and vegetables. But th- there's a way to, uh, to improve this situation by having a behavioral 
and slightly cognitive change, right? Is that yeah, the implication like, of, of Sleep Bro? I mean, sleep- no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's what Sleep Bro is responding to, is people saying, well, just go to bed earlier, you dingus. Yeah, right. And and the implication is that there's a moral uh, assessment of you, you mm-hmm. know, that people that get up in the morning early are good and people that sleep late and too much are bad and people that are up in the middle of the night have problems and and there's a there's a a, a platonic ideal which is that you wake up with the sun and you're productive all day and do, do, do and little trumpets sound every time you walk into a room and then at night after a you know satisfying love making with your significant other Mm-hmm. You turn over, what you, you you lay down on your pillow and immediately are asleep and sleep soundly for eight hours and wake up without an alarm, you know. Yeah, and, and he's anything, saying, anything else feels like moral turpitude. Yeah, and he's saying, first of all, that this thing that we all feel, which is that our, uh, our uh, internal clocks are not on a 24-hour schedule, mm-hmm. but on one that is slightly longer than 24 hours. Uh, Which you've been advocating all along. I've been saying for years that I am on a 26-hour, 27-hour schedule. You get so much done. He says it's absolutely true. You know, we're always pushing, pushing against the edge of 24 hours. And a lot of people, he says, their, their internal clock is 15 to 20 minutes longer than 24 hours. Forever. Forever. Just forever. Uh And so you're always like trying to get off you know it's not linked necessarily to the sun or at all he says he takes people and he puts them down in mine shafts for two months and he says no matter what their exposure to the sun is they're on their circadian rhythm is the same jeez and it's just what it is so he says that's what dick cheney has to look forward to well, Dick Cheney's going to be very confused because the sun is going to come up and come down at extremely irregular times. <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you by Mac Weldon. You can learn more about Mac Weldon right now by visiting MacWeldon.com. Guys, i got to be honest, this is an easy one for me because I'm a huge fan of Mac Weldon's clothes and I buy an unconscionable amount of their stuff using my very own American money. Not to get too personal, but I am literally wearing two articles of Mack Weldon clothing right now. I'll let you guess. That's some real talk. See, Mack Weldon makes stuff like shirts, pants, hoodies, socks, and yes, they're internationally famous underwear. These pieces are all just insanely comfortable, sturdy, and well-made. They fit great, they look handsome, and they feel just amazing. Uh, today, I want to focus on a favorite of mine. I want to talk about Mack Weldon's shirts because these are my favorite. These are where I have plunged much of my retirement. First off, they make something called the Pima Cotton Long Sleeve T-Shirt. I'm wearing one right now. Uh, I'm not comfortable admitting how many of these I own, but I will tell you they are literally my daily go-to top layer. Unless some fancy occasion demands it, you will find me wearing one of these every day. I love them, and they are the best. So comfortable. They fit great. They look so good. Also, I know this sounds like a weird one. Sounds very odd and quotidian, but I love their plain white T-Shirts. They are hearty, well-tailored, and they have a nice long tail that keeps your shirt tucked in all day like a big boy. I switched to these mm, a year or so ago, and I've never looked back. I got rid of all my old disgusting shirts, and now I only do Mack Weldon white t-shirts. Then, of course, they have their magical underwear. They have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. And Mack Weldon want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you keep it, and they will still refund you your money. No questions asked. What a deal. Mack Weldon. So listen, 
please head over to MacWeldon.com and have a look around. When you've found something you like and you are ready to check out, please use our very special promo code ROTL, just like it sounds, ROTL, and you're going to get 20% off your order. What a great sponsor. Our thanks to Mac Weldon for supporting Roderick on the line and all the great shows. <laughs> you don't you don't hear much about him anymore. Oh, you're good. Really, you're going to hear was, a lot for a while and then nothing. <laughs> he was way up on the rogues gallery and now it's like, how, where do you fit him in? Uh-huh. Uh, so he so uh, so Sleep Dude Bro says that. Um but he says that, and I've been saying this too for years, and and it always made sense to me because I because I frame things this way, and so it was it just seems like no dur, but it's it, it's nice to have it validated. He said, you know, if, from a tribal standpoint, if a, if you've got a family group, a large family group, and everybody is going to sleep, and you want to get the best sleep possible, you want to go all the way out. You want everybody to be completely conked out. And one of the one of the characteristics of REM sleep is that it paralyzes your uh, it paralyzes your body, mm-hmm. making you a very very bad uh, hunter. At that point in time, if you're paralyzed, it's hard to hunt. Just easy prey. But, but you're very easy prey. And he said it makes sense that there would be some derivation of the population that stayed up uh, and was naturally wakeful. Not like forcing themselves to stay up to be on watch, but naturally awake during the night. So that for them, it felt like the right thing to do, to sit around the fire while everyone else in the tribe is asleep. And then when the first early risers start getting up, you know, that person's like, oh, no, I'm really tired. Hmm. He's, and he's saying, like, it's just it's baked in that a certain smaller proportion of people are just there naturally up at night as as watchmen, hmm. which is what I always feel like. That's yeah. what I feel like in the middle of the night when I'm w- walking around. Like, who else? There's no one else in my neighborhood that's going to put on a bathrobe and go walk around in the night. Somebody's got to scan the perimeter. Yeah, like, uh, and and it just feels very natural. And if you're so out there have, uh, dreaming about blue turtles, you're not going to be checking your six. Exactly. If you're, I mean, while I'm watching, y'all are paralyzed, literally <laughs> paralyzed. I'm watching over a, a culture of people who cannot move. Um, so that's interesting. I mean, you everybody should read the book, but uh, well, not everybody, because <laughs> when people tell me that, I'm like, <laughs> but in this case, I am reading it. Because my mom, who just walked in the room, she's very quiet. She just walked in the room to get a key off of my key ring. And uh, she moves like the wind. She got, she got a key. No, one, no one's the wiser. I can't hear anything. Yeah, didn't even make as much noise as, as, uh, as keyboard tech. Mm. I remember uh, hearing so, a while back. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. You were about to say. I just remember hearing a while back. I, I first, um, I, th- I feel like I first became interested in sleep stuff when a friend of mine got interested in sleep stuff. And um, one of the things he told me, he's the first guy I ever knew that had a sleep tracker, like a wristwatch that would track your sleep. And mm-hmm. he told me something that, um, I mean, like some of these, the things involving sleep, a lot of people immediately close the door. Because as soon as you hear anything that's involved in trying to figure out sleep, the portcullis comes down. You know, we're closed (laughs) (laughs) because I can't, I have the stuff to do. And, but he said that uh, in the scholarship he had done, one of the first things you do is try to figure out how much sleep you really need. 
not so much exactly what your circadian rhythm is, but that for a period of something like two weeks, the idea is that you try to be as consistent as possible in, uh, you know, avoiding things like stimulants, which again, obviously, poor call is down. That's difficult. Avoiding stimulants and sedatives, but making yourself go to sleep, um, really, actually, like saying, we're going to bed at nine. Mm. And then you sleep as long as you sleep and you wake up and then you do it again and you do it again and you do it again. And if you can somehow do that, this, this seemingly un-American and inhuman thing of not doing stuff to make you be more sleepy or more awake, you will eventually discover the plus or minus various environmental factors. There's a certain amount of sleep that your body wants over a certain amount of time. Mm. And that that's the only, you know, and again, this is, this is the kind of stuff that doesn't end up happening until you're almost dead. You get the sleep <laughs> apnea and you're going to some kind of like a clinic. But that's the idea is that like you, you don't, you may not know how much sleep you need for how long and when. Some people really benefit from a half hour nap and other people don't. Some people, it's like the end, end of the world, the idea of taking a nap. But the idea being that like, you discover like, no, I really do need like six and a half hours of sleep and over eight hours I don't need. That that's, but that requires all of this stuff that has all these asterisks on it that would be so difficult for anybody to do. So you just walk around all the time basically going, well, all I know is I'm not getting enough sleep, which is not really much to go on. Well, and what uh, what Dude Bro here is saying is that a lot of these things that we uh, uh, because I yeah, I hate to keep calling him Dude Bro. That's fine. He's, he's got a real name. Yeah. Um, but he's a guy. His name's Matt. Let's call him Matt. Let's call him Matt. Matt is a good name. It's a good name for a skateboarder. I, I've known some Matts in my day. Mm-hmm. Not all of them skateboarded. One of them used to draw really good Frankenstein. Hmm. Uh, there, there was a time when we really appreciated that in a person. Oh, if you could draw a good Frankenstein or a Van Halen I, logo, like there's certain kinds of skills grade? you just don't see anymore. The Van Halen logo is very much a, like an eighth grade skill. I think Frankenstein is like a second to third grade skill. Yeah, right, right, right. Would, would you agree? Would you agree? If you're in like eighth grade and you're drawing Frankenstein's, well, back then, yes. Today, these yeah. kids don't know from Frankenstein. They're, they're sure. not even aware of the pantheon of. of so, I mean, I haven't even bothered to show my daughter uh, young Frankenstein because she wouldn't get this that it's a send up <laughs> of Universal monster movies. It's, it's right. It's that's a very different topic. So many monsters stacked up before Frankenstein. She doesn't really understand what a Dracula is. Is. It's really upsetting. <laughs> You're right. Oh no, I think God. third grade. I think of as being also um, spaceships, guns, yeah. and race dinosaurs. cars. Dinosaurs, 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 spaceships, guns. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Tanks, army. So army, Matt, army. Matt could draw Frankenstein. So we're going to call the author of this book Matt. Matt the Sleep Bro. Matt the Sleep Bro says that this whole thing about like, oh, I only need five hours of sleep or, or, you know, when you get older, you need less sleep. He says, none of that is really true. Everybody needs sleep their whole lives. And what we end up doing is we don't get enough sleep for a variety of reasons. And as you get older, it's harder to stay asleep Mm -hmm. uh, because there are tons of uh, additional pressures, not just on you as a like thinking person, but you got to get up to go to the bathroom more. And sure. Or like, I mean, like one that sounds really obvious, but like when you first have a kid, um, it's difficult to sleep because the kid's sleep schedule is so weird. But it's right. also that you're so vigilant. Like, you know, you crib death, not a thing you want. Like you're always like kind of scanning, listening for the air, for like what's, what's going on. What's but going then also the you worry more. I think you worry more after you have a kid. There's a whole constellation of things that ruin your life. Oh, and I think yeah, another thing that Matt uh, Bro says is that over the course of your life, this like your your circadian uh, pattern moves within the elliptical of its of life. The shape you know? of the day. Kind of, that's right. It moves in the shape of the day. Mm-hmm. But what's very interesting and what's helping me quite a bit 
is that he talks about REM sleep, which we're all very familiar with. And then he talks about NREM sleep, which is the other sleep. Ooh. That's, I, don't, I don't have that on my tracker. Yeah. NREM sleep is oh, the deep sleep. Yes, and yes, you, yes, yes. You don't actually do your dreaming and your REMing in your deepest sleep. Mm-mm. Your deep sleep is where your... REM, REM sleep is above light sleep. It's way up It's there. lighter than light. REM sleep is where you're paralyzed, so it feels like that must be, like your sleep trackers are registering that as a lack of movement. And so on your sleep tracker, it seems like that's the deep space where you're not moving. But in fact, your deepest sleep is where your brain waves become very slow moving. And if you look at the brain waves of a REM sleeper, the brain waves are at least on paper, indistinguishably fast from wakefulness. Your brain is just going... Because in REM sleep, as far as your brain is concerned, it's it's awake. It's like full-on hallucinating and living its life. Hmm. But in NREM sleep, your your brainwaves slow way down. So they're just like, whoa. Whoa. They're just like some EDM bass synths. Hmm. Whoa. And it's not that you're paralyzed. Uh, it's Your body is, you know, like can do its little things, flop around. But your brain is like somewhere else. And he says that the combination of the two, NREM sleep and REM sleep, they're doing very different things inside your head. And you need them both. And at certain times of your life and after certain events, you'll need way more NREM sleep because your brain is, like, moving stuff around. Mm-hmm. Taking out it the garbage. Yeah, it doesn't need to, like, replay the conversation you had over and over. It needs to, like, move big boxes around. It needs to, like... I've heard it said know, that, uh, that, I mean, I don't know which stage this is in exactly, but that a lot of what happens in healthy sleep is that... Um, there's a component of sort of organization and sense making that's going yeah. on and that you have to be kind of knocked out for that to happen. Uh, well, so packets, right? Things, packets are moving around, but like in REM sleep, I think what they're saying is that you're taking what happened recently and moving it out of short-term memory into long-term storage. Hmm. And in NREM sleep, you're actually doing like serious body maintenance yeah, like deep, deep sleep is when you do more of the physical stuff i think yeah you cleanse stuff out and you solidify big portions of like not just your brain but your heart and your butt and you know, all kinds of things mm-hmm. and that you get that deep sleep early in the night and then the REM sleep comes later so that if you if you only get five hours of sleep, you're getting some NREM stuff, but you're not getting REM stuff. And over time that will, you'll, your, your memory will be. So, so I mean, to, 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 um, summarize in some ways, you can't get to the REM sleep until you've gotten through the other parts. If you need REM sleep, your body will find a way to get it, but Mm -hmm. it's, but it's not free. You know, it's not like, um, you're not going to get it in 90 minute nap. Uh, although you do, do you? You're not going to get it if you only sleep 90 minutes in a day. Mm-hmm. But like you, uh, he says that the body also needs a nap in the afternoon. Oh, and that, this body needs a nap, buddy. Oof. Right? And that, um, and that your Mediterranean-style siesta cultures 
uh, have, tr- have dramatically less incident of heart disease. And it's not just because they're living on olives and, and hummus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's because of it's because of their, uh, you know, this, the restorative benefits of sleep. This is what Matt bro is saying. Like, mm-hmm, don't, mm-hmm. Yeah, don't no, I understand. You're just you're the messenger. Yeah. Don't at me about it. Mm-mm. Anyway, so when I lay down at night now, I'm thinking, okay, okay, here, you know, like I've got a little sketch of the journey. Like we're going, I'm going to lay down and go to sleep and I'm going immediately like 20,000 leagues under the sea. We're going to go super deep. I'm going to get all this deep sleep that I need. It's going to like, it's going to take the blue meanies out and it's going to bring warm fuzzies in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's going to take out the garbage, going to take out the the compost, the recycling. (coughs) And then... That period toward the end of the night, when I feel like I'm having some intense dream, and then I wake up, and I kind of flop around, and then I go back into some dream, and then I wake up, and I flop around. A lot of the time when I wake up in the morning, I feel like that the memory of that, the recent memory of that, must have characterized my whole night. So I say, ah, God, I really was sleeping fitfully, because I was having these, these dreams, and then I was like... You know, conscious again, and and I'm not getting that deep REM sleep that I need so much. Mm -hmm. But I'm realizing now that, no, that's what happens at the end of the night. Like, I'm getting REM sleep because I'm having these fantastical dreams. And And then I'm kind of, like, waking up from them and rolling over and going back into them. You can get into REM sleep pretty fast and get out pretty fast. Uh, And that's not characterizing my whole night. There are periods long periods where I was some elsewhere um, with no conscious recollection because the brain switches into some sort of like, you know, cleaning the oven uh, like mode, the deep cycle. Hmm. And that's helping me because when I wake up in the morning, I can, I can look at the, the like crazy little bursts of dreams that I'd been having toward the end of the morning toward the end of sleeping and feel like, oh, that was also, it was what it was supposed to be doing. It's like, that's, that's separate from deep sleep. Whatever's in the sleep is in the sleep. That's right. Mm -hmm. So that is beneficial. And it's making me, I think I don't resist sleep as much uh, at night because I feel like I understand the, I understand the little journey a little bit better, or at least I think I do. And so I'm not laying down to sleep with the idea of like, okay, let's go into dreamland. You know, let's go into. Um, you said you, you know, said not, an un, you said an unnecessarily high bar for yourself if you're if you're doing that, right? Well, yeah, and you're like, and I think for me, there's a little bit of I don't want to meet Donald Pleasance on a train in a post-apocalyptic environment mm-hmm. where like Snake Man is going to get me. I want to just like I don't want to do that. I don't mm-hmm. want to be paralyzed. I don't want to be, because I'm not somebody that suffers from nightmares and I know people who do. And I, I, and I, I feel the burden of nightmares. I had a friend that, that complained about nightmares. She had them her whole life. And, and you just feel this like, that's like, it's like someone with chronic back pain. You just feel agony for them. Mm-hmm. I don't have those, but I don't want to be out of control. I don't like to, I don't like the day to be over. It all feels like death. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it's helpful to have a little bit, I guess, a little bit more of a clear picture of what I, what my expectation of sleep should be. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that's, I think that's really sound. Um, and I'm thinking about, I mean, for example, like, um, the only way that I know that I snore is because my family tells me that I snore. Because if I'm in a state where I'm snoring, guess what? I'm asleep. Yeah. I'm not aware. Sometimes I catch a little kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I do that too. I, I, but I, but like I, I'm not aware of that because all I know about my sleep that makes me nervous about my sleep is what I think about it when I'm awake. And so, mm. which sounds obvious, which it is, but like mm. what I bring to that in terms of the, the emotional valence of those feelings then does have a very real effect on the sleep because I feel like I'm mm. doing it wrong. Like if I'm mm. awake, I'm doing sleep wrong. It takes it takes a rethinking, a purposeful, rehearsed, repetitive rethinking of your whole sleep mojo to get okay with that. Something like if I'm feeling like crazy, super stressed out, and I have had too much coffee, well, I'm kind of screwed. We talked, I guess it was last week or so, when we talked about like somebody like dosing you, yeah. like giving you LSD without your knowledge, yeah. um, which I think is a super interesting, uh, uh, horrible, horrible thing. <laughs> I wouldn't want to happen, but like if you know what's happening to you, you can go, oh, it's that thing. Right. I, this is, I'm just, and it's sort of, this does get into the mindfulness thing a little bit, because you can like look at it and go, oh, this is that thing that's happening right. right now. Rather than like, oh my God, what is happening to me? All I know is that this is wrong. And this is like, what's going to make it so destabilizing for Dick Cheney, because he's I not going to really have an opportunity. He, he won't have clocks that work for one thing, right? Well, right. And he won't have ever had LSD. Oh, chances God. are. Right, 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 so right. when it first starts, when he first starts coming on, it's going to be like, uh, okay, what's going on? You know, like, that's weird. I just think he's having a heart attack. Or something, right? And then, because he, that's the thing, it's going to be microdosing at first. It's all going to be in his water. Oh, God. So he, just needs that. he needs that water. And he's just like, wow, I'm just really feeling, I'm, I'm thinking with clarity today. You know, because it's a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, lysergic acid is, like, very um, acidic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's not basic. L- lysergic acid is. But it's <laughs> not basic. Thing, here's, listen. <laughs> look, look, so okay. So here's the thing listen. about acid. Uh, so, but but then as the as the concentration increases, mm-hmm. as he's tripping more and more, he's not going to. His only baseline is going to be that he was feeling pretty good for the last however long, maybe a month, maybe oh, maybe like, a oh, year. Those storm clouds have passed. Yeah, mm-hmm. but now all of a sudden it's like, whoa, my fingernails really can taste colors mm-hmm. what am i supposed to do with this information how much do you reckon like i don't know if he's going to be the one you start on i imagine you'll have some uh practice administrators you've worked on to kind of get a feel like you know kind of yeah. prototyping Lo- the whole facility lawrence eagleburger mm. is <laughs> is going to be the test case okay lawrence, lawrence eagleburger was the deputy secretary of state um for much of this period, he's one of the architects of the neoconservative political movement. So, so without saying too much, if you're new to this yeah. conversation, the, the notion <laughs> is that that somebody at some point in the future may decide that it's time for a little bit of extrajudicial uh, comeuppance. <laughs> and one, it, one could, hypothetically, like something you <clears throat> read in Reader's Digest as a kid, you could have an underground facility <clears throat> where people who deserve comeuppance find themselves... In basically like a, like a shipping container under a desert, for the sake of argument. If you were to buy a bunch of surplus shipping containers, and they are they are cheaply had, sure, 
You There's could. probably shipping containers that are not suitable to put on a Maersk ship that are still perfectly yep. good as a small apartment for Dick Cheney. Yes, right. And you could you could arrange them in the desert. You could even take a backhoe and bury them in the sand. Yeah. Connected, connected to one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could build an underground city. You could, in the, within those shipping containers, build small departments that looked like apartments that didn't look like shipping containers. Yeah, there's nothing to like say that you couldn't, as an aftermarket... Um, addition to the shipping containers make it easy to do things like change the height and width of the rooms mm. to allow mm-hmm. various items in the room to be moved around remotely. Maybe, mm. maybe, maybe somebody like a Dick Cheney happens to catch a scant two minutes of sleep, and during that time, the lights move around. Uh, mm. You know, maybe his medicine moves a little bit left or right. Just a little, mm. little bit of what some people would call gaslighting. I'll go you one further. Because yeah, it doesn't have to be Dick Cheney. We're not talking about anybody in particular here. No, no, no. Dick Cheney's just a uh, he's just a stand-in. He's a uh, he's a um, a raggedy Ann doll. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. Oh, sure. Uh, but you know, the U.S. Army has been building uh, facilities around the world in shipping containers for a hmm. long time. So when I was recently at the naval base in Djibouti, in Africa, the barracks are all shipping containers stacked on top of one another. Climate controlled. Climate controlled. Wow. And you can have shipping containers that, well, some of them are, some of them are not. In Djibouti, it's very hot. Um, but uh, the Army has never, uh, the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, uh, they've never really, like, stood on ceremony in terms of putting their soldiers in really hot places, like, unforgiving places without air conditioning. I think the Air Force generally air conditions things because they're soft. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, but these particular shipping containers in Djibouti were air conditioned. And there are some that have like eight beds in them and some that have four beds in them and some, I think, that are just like the general's pad. I stayed in one. Oh, like so rank, rank is reflected in how subdivided they are. Right. Mm-hmm. But you could... I, and I think the army uh, in the parlance surpluses those, uh, which is to say sells them for surplus. <gasps> so a lot of the heavy lifting is already done. Right. You just buy them pre-made. But what you need to do is figure out a way that you can make them so that the walls are never 100% square mm-hmm. and change over time. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that that's doable. You build up like like a lot of us that build rock studios. You build an apartment inside an apartment mm-hmm. because it's very key to me that he never be able to fully have a sense that things are plumb. You know, oh, like that's the, that's that's so important. It's it's important yeah. that it becomes a little bit like 1984, the the novel where you know there's things that you depend on, you suddenly discover you can't depend on them. It becomes a very very Stalin esque experience. Can, can, you know, one question though. Um, so I, it sounds like in terms of not that you're going to do this, but if you were going to do this, it sounds like the the materiel is available um, for for someone to construct something like this. H- how much would he know or understand about where he is? why he's there, how he got there. Is it something where he, he, he tucks in for a nap and then, then, then he wakes up and the walls are moving? He doesn't know how long it's been? I think it's key. Uh, you know, people need socialization. Mm-hmm. And you can't just socialize with the television, although... But you know what I'm saying? Like, so so he's, he's living his life yeah. somewhere now. Right, he is. And then yes. one day he's in... What happens in between? Is there a tribunal? There's a lot... There are a lot of different theories about this okay you know there's a lot a lot of books have been written (laughs) um about 
what to do if you're taking someone from their normal life and putting them in a shipping container that's buried in the desert and trying to, you know, trying to really do a kind of long form psyops. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you read uh, during the uh, during the recent sort of. Uh, <laughs> Our show is evergreen, mm -hmm. so we we don't like to talk about current events, yeah. particularly now, um, because uh, current events only last for a couple of hours. Yeah, from morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, but recently a uh, a, a, a CIA director uh, in the American uh, political scene was elevated. To uh, to a new job because right. the, a person that was holding that job lost yeah. the job, and then there was a CIA uh, under uh, person who was being proposed uh, as the new director of CIA. That's right, uh, a woman named Gina Haspel. Haspel, mm -hmm. and uh, seems like a very nice lady. Mm -hmm. uh, she, uh, but there was some talk. She about had relationships the that, with the people that uh, were in her charge. She would talk to them sometimes. Oh, God, I mean, you know, sure. But also she ran one of the CIA's black sites uh, in Southeast Asia. Did, where... is that, did that definitely happen? Because I saw some kerfuffle that required corrections on that. Did she for sure run that facility? Uh, well, that's a good question, and it depends on whether I don't know if it was a question not... of did she, run, did she run a black ops site in Thailand versus was she directly involved with waterboarding that one guy three times a day? Uh, did did uh, we ever get a distinction on what we know to be true? I, you know, unfortunately for me, I am just as dependent as everyone else on uh, the the like shit storm archipelago of BuzzFeed, uh, <laughs> ProPublica, and uh, the Daily Beast, mm -hmm. uh, and I don't seek those sources out. And I know by the time it gets to NPR, people have probably put their thinking caps on it. Okay. Um. I do not believe that if she was the supervisor of the site that she supervised all the waterboarding. I think that's probably that's a, that's think, a big portfolio. Yeah, I think yeah. if you're supervising a site, you probably aren't standing there, you know, with a with the gallon jug holding it over a person. Sure, uh, but you, you, you know, fill I, out you fill out the forms. That, yeah. that allows all that to happen. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like there are different levels of moral culpability when it comes to torturing people. And if you're like, if you're supervising a site whose primary or sole purpose is to interrogate people. Enhanced interrogation. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit different than if you're, if you work at the CIA and your job is to make sure the vending machines are full of, of Choco Tacos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that they have Choco Tacos in the uh, in the vending machines at CIA. I don't know. I can. There's, there's not even a way for that. us to know at this point. No, that's all. That's all still under lock and key. But uh, but reading the descriptions of the 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 uh, the explicit descriptions of the torture sessions uh, within the communication, the internal communication between CIA people, where uh, the operatives on the ground are sending reports back saying this is sickening us people want to leave the cia but it started it started even more professional than that which was this guy's got nothing he's got we're, nothing we're not gonna we, get anything from this guy and then yeah. that, that turns into look guys this is this is very upsetting <laughs> and, and if you and if you look at the dates of those it happens really fast yeah. it's like okay we've tortured this guy a few times he's got nothing 
And they're like, well, keep torturing him. Well, okay, we did that again, and still nothing, and this guy's really, we're he's, convinced. He's, he's vomiting and bubbling a lot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and within a couple of days, the people on, on the ground are like, look, um, to, we're telling you here, like, we don't feel this this is even legal. Did you read that one where the, the, where the lawyers back up the chain were like, uh, we'd prefer that you not use the word legal or discuss the legality of this stuff. That just gives us problems later. Right. But then... They tortured him for like two more weeks or something, mm-hmm. and 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 you really got it was the like sense something in, like eighty times in a month. Yeah, and you really got the sense in the in the way they were writing it that they had admiration for the man, like that they had begun to like him. Like, look, he's completely compliant. He is completely. We are like on this guy's side now. Please do not make us do this anymore. Imagine you get to the point where the guy's like, "Okay, time for me to get on the board." I guess. Yeah, and he just like lo- he like lopes over there, dead eyed, and lays down, and is like fill my mouth with water again. Oh my god! But so, uh, so you get uh, you get a sense that that we've been here before. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Uh, in the case of my own underground uh, black ops torture site, I do not want uh, your the, notional your notional underground notional one. detention re-education right. um, facility. Right. There, yeah. there does need to be some sort of introduction. I mean, not necessarily, right? Cheney could go to sleep today mm-hmm. uh, in uh, what I assume is the uh, it, like expansive palatial guest quarters of some Texas donors, uh, like extremely large ranch-style compound mm-hmm. where Cheney is staying as an honored guest. I imagine like a little bit of a Baron Harkonnen situation. Imagine he pulls the plug out of a kid and sucks his butt a little bit, gets, gets some mm. unwind time, watches a little yeah. bit of Fox and goes to sleep in his coffin. You know, the way that Trump used to do where he would get on an airplane and they would fly for some like uh, pedophilia sex tourism somewhere. Yeah, and yeah. then, you know, and then, yeah, that right. They'd eat the brains of some of, of some rare monkeys mm-hmm. for lunch. And uh, so for Cheney to wake up in a very small apartment with with uh, only simulated windows he doesn't know it's a shipping container. He doesn't know it's underground. All he knows is that he's got a new house now. And what I what I, I think what I want there to be is some kind of transition, like it, like the first time he <laughs> some wakes some up, onboarding, as they say in software. And I think onboarding is exactly exactly what I'm thinking that that when he first wakes up, I want him to feel like he's on the ca- in a cabin on a ship, on a <sighs> classic cruise liner. You can do you can totally do that with a shipping container. They're made for yeah. that. Right, so the window will be round. Oh, it's a porthole. And there'll be some simulated, he'll look out, he'll be able to see water and the waves, and the and the apartment will rock slightly. And yo he's like, how did ho, I get on this yo boat? Yo ho, the pirate's life for me. Yeah, he'll hear like some bells and a horn every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> Bosun. And he'll be pounding on the door like, hello, hello? <laughs> Like this is not the class of cabin that I signed up for. You know, right. this is like, this is like, I'm down, I don't even have a door that opens mm-hmm. on this boat. I'm down in the bilge. Mm. And he'll be on the cruise for a while. I mean, it could be it could be 10 days. It could be uh, 10 months, as mm-hmm. far as he knows. Because the sun's going to come up and come down, not on a regular schedule. He's not going to remember what his circadian means. Oh, so he won't be able to gauge on the latitudes yeah. and longitudes and stuff like that. And then he'll go to sleep one night, and he'll wake up, and he won't be on a boat anymore. Okay. Maybe he'll be in a train. Or in a tree maybe house. For, yeah. Maybe for a while it'll be a train, and he'll be like, I'm on a train? Where the hell am I going? Mm. Ah, ah. 
So it's, it's, it's all going, like, let me saying too much. <laughs> it's all long form stuff. Oh, yeah. What we, what we want from what we want to get out of Dick Cheney is different than what you want to get out of a suspected Al Qaeda higher up. Mm hmm. You don't want to know. You don't, you're not trying to get him and say, like, when's the next attack coming on the United States? Mm -hmm. You want to find out something subtler, something. You're you waterboarding to, for Intel. Uh, I think you're onboarding uh, for a fulsome apology. Well, on a, well, I don't know if you're ever going to get an apology, but you definitely uh, want to get. We got time. We got time. <laughs> 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 this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you by Casper. You guys know Casper? You learn more about Casper right now by visiting casper.com slash supertrain. One word, supertrain. Casper is the company that is focused on sleep, and they are dedicated to making you exceptionally comfortable one night at a time. You, you know, you spend one-third of your life sleeping. If you spent one-third of your life doing anything, you'd want to make sure it's the best it can be, and that's why you need Casper. Casper mattresses are perfectly designed for humans with engineering to soothe and support your natural geometry. Casper mattresses have all the right support in all the right places. And uh, you got to know how these things are made. How do they get them so comfortable? Well, they combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality mattress with just the right sink and bounce. Casper mattresses are designed and developed in the United States of America, and their breathable design helps to regulate your body temperature throughout the night. And with over 20,000 reviews and an average rating of 4.8 stars, Casper is very quickly becoming the Internet's favorite mattress. And you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. They deliver that mattress directly to your door in an impossibly small box. You carry it up yourself. comes out of this bag. It's just amazing. you got to just try this thing. And if for any reason you don't love your mattress... Casper has a hassle-free return policy. I know whereof I speak because we have two Casper mattresses in our house, and we love them. Uh, whenever I go and travel, I'm so happy to get home to my Casper mattress. I have pimped out my sleep, and that all started with a Casper mattress. And right now, you can get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash supertrain and using the offer code supertrain at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Then you go to casper.com slash supertrain. Once again, that offer code, supertrain. Our thanks to Casper for supporting Roderick on the line and all the great shows. Because, because you know, Dick's not going to be alone, right? He, like, like Rumsfeld's going to be well, in the next know, container over. Well, know he's not alone, John. This is what I don't, this is what I don't know. Mm -hmm. Does every once in a while, his television, which is, <laughs> his, his television, which is normally broadcasting a very tailored version of the news that features a lot of material about the man himself. So he's going to have a lot to, he's going to watch a kind of like overview of his own career as told to, uh, you know, 60 minutes mm -hmm. or whatever. But then oh, maybe, maybe some of it's about the search for Dick. The search for Dick, right? right. But, but also heavily And then Leslie edited. Stahl walks in and goes, fuck you, closes the door. Or you know, or like, or or a big documentary about Dick Cheney's uh, boat trip around the world oh. that he bar that he ba barely remembers. <laughs> Maybe like, he thinks it's a reality show. He was on. He he was staying in this beautiful cabin, but he really loved to go down into the hold of the ship and and sleep for days at a time in this little cramped cabin, and nobody could tell him different. Jeez. And he's like, "What? What? No, no, uh, I don't want right. to be in that's here." All right. And then maybe every once in a while the TV clicks onto a closed circuit channel where he can see Rumsfeld and he can see Eagleburger. Mm -hmm. He can see like his pals 
and maybe they can even hear him. And he's like, "Hello," and they're like, "What? Who?" And then, and then it all goes <laughs> Russell's back just to sobbing else. and playing with dolls. <laughs> <laughs> but look, we are saying too much. I don't want to yeah, give sleep, it all away. Sleep is important. Um, you really you want to you want to get your mind right about it. That's important. I mean, I think even even Dick Cheney would agree how important sleep is, especially it if you got heart a- issues. You know what I'm saying? Another thing that was really validating about Matt Bro's book is that he said, look, I'm a sleep researcher. I'm not political. I don't have, I got no dog in y'all's race. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm tenured here at Berkeley. I can do whatever I want, but the world is crazy. Kids should not go to school early in the morning. Oh God. It's idiotic. It's criminal. It's 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 criminal. It is virtually criminal to do that to kids. He said stores should be open till 9 p.m. Why are stores open at 8 in the morning? Nobody goes to the store at 8 in the morning. It's normative. People want to go to the store after they get off work. They want to be, you know, like, why do we do this? Why do we not do the sensible thing, which is if you want to open your thing at 9 a.m., that's great. But then close it at 1 and be closed from 1 to 5. And then open it at five and stay open till nine, just like they do, just like they used to do in Spain and Greece, where, where people never had heart attacks. And take your, you should, kids, school should start at 10 in the morning. Like, come on, you should be able to go to work at 10 in the morning. And I'm just reading this and it's just like, I am just eating it with a giant spoon. Well, I mean, I I can't put my hand to the scholarship right this minute, but I feel like this is something that people have been talking about for 10, 15, 20 years now is that there, there are a couple things about, about youths that we, we must acknowledge. Mm-hmm. One is that they don't think so. They they may not realize this. Women are they need more sleep than they think they need. Mm-hmm. But that second, it is physically difficult, if not impossible, for them to get to bed at a time that we think of as a normal healthy time for a teen. So you take those two facts together, and what do you end up with? You remember being a teenager. At a certain point, like 10th grade, 11th grade, it was so hard for me to go to bed before like midnight. Like really hard. And I thought I was a bad person. Like I wasn't following the rules. I was supposed to go to bed at 10. And I found it very, very difficult. Well, it's because that's your body. Your body's doing that. Well, now take that fact and add on top of it that a kid probably needs nine hours of sleep. And you got first bell at 7.15. Ugh. You know, it's, I mean... The, there's the financial and business realities, though. I mean, one being back when they had school buses, uh, you would need to get the school buses staggered, right? So you got to get the high school kids on the school buses first, then the middle school kids, then the elementary school kids. So you'd stagger the starting times. Um, that was one. Another one is that, like, the, you know, what are you going to do with the teachers? You can have them come in at 10, like go home at 6. They already work all day anyway. I mean, I think those realities are part of what affects it. Like you end up running on the grown-up schedule. It's awful. And I mean, we should all be like Finland, where they only go to school two hours a day, three times a week. I was hearing about that, and I found that very... (laughs) Was that on MSNBC? I feel like I heard about that. In in the Germany and the Finland, they got a real different idea about this, and yet they do better than us. Well, Finland is is different even than Germany, because I'm also... Ugh, you're going to hate me. Oh, boy, here we go. Are we going to be able to put this out? We're kind of, you know, we need to get an episode we can put out. I'm also reading a book called The Smartest Kids in the World which is written by a reporter who decided to figure out why uh, American schools, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so uh, she went around the world and she looked at a bunch of different schools. She followed some American exchange students when they went to school in other places like Korea and Finland uh, that were high achieving. And she wrote an entire book about how, uh, how kids best learn and how you make 
kids that are problem solvers and not just dumb test takers. And I'm in the beginning of it. Mm -hmm. I'm just starting it. And it's very fascinating. I'll have lots to report. Um, and she, but you know, but one of the interesting things she said at the beginning of the book is when the results came out from these big studies and Finland was like way at the top of the list of, of, uh, schools that were producing kids that could, that could pro solve problems. Uh, the Finns were extremely surprised <laughs> and they were like, really? Cause they're like, they, Oh, well, they were looking at other people going like, Oh, we gotta do more of that. Yeah. They were like, what now? Who, what us? We were, we were just, uh, we, we thought we were doing it wrong. Um, is that right? And, yeah, and now I think there's been enough coverage of it, and TV stations have gone, and the Nobel Prize people are standing around, that the people at um, the people in Finland have have developed a um, what we like to call Scandinavian smugness about it. <laughs> uh, the Scandinavians like to be smug about things, and uh, they you don't they don't even need to they don't even need to be asked. Um, but when you find that's something a component that, of the smugness, probably <laughs> that's right. Hmm. When you find that they're doing something amazing that they didn't even realize they were doing amazing. Hmm. Oh, that must feel good to them. So now they are like giving that now they're now they're prepared to teach us just insufferable. <laughs> but I do feel like, uh, in, as in so many things, uh, America once again confirms that it is an embarrassment, uh, because we're, <laughs> we're doing it wrong. <laughs> Uh, once again, but I'm reading this book. I'm going to have lots to report. I'm going to bring back, but I think they also agree that you shouldn't have to get up early in the morning to go to school. Uh, that oh oh, but the but the key thing that they say, of course, is that we spend more. And I just said, of course, oh, which obviously. is a version of obviously. That's <laughs> uh, you know, Bob. <laughs> so listen, listen, look. Uh, the obvious thing is that, uh, or maybe not obvious, but we spend more money per per child than anywhere else. And uh, like on like we do with healthcare, we well, spend more. That's how you more. get the best healthcare in the world. Is you spend more. Yeah. You spend more and you get less. Mm -hmm. is, what we, is that that's the American model? Get a little drunk and you end, land in, end in up in jail. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So I'm going to bring that. I'm also, you know what? Just to just to complete the trifecta, I'm yeah. also reading a Malcolm Gladwell book right oh, now. Oh Jesus! John. So the thing is, here's what I have. I have three bathrooms in my house. Mm -hmm. I leave a book in each bathroom. Oh. And then I'll leave the bathroom with the book. I'll get into the book and then I'll take the book and I'll wander around the house and I'll let, lay on the couch or I'll wander around in the garden reading the book that I found most recently. Okay. And then I'll put it down at some point and it'll get sort of into the, it'll, it'll get in the living room mix. Then I'll find another book I'll start up because none of these books are like novels. It's not like you can't yeah. pick them up and put them down. Nonfiction tomes. Right. So I'm reading all three of these books right now, and boy, am I learning a lot about uh, matchsticks and ma the matchstick man hmm. and the rubber band man hmm. and a little matchstick girl. They're all... A lot of matches. They're, they're all in these stories. I'm learning about Match.com. Huh. And I'm, it's I, all about the surprising what of what. Yeah, that's right. It turns hmm. Turns out. out. Uh, and I have, I, I, I do feel, I do feel, I do feel vindicated by some of the information in these books that I'm reading. And, you know, you don't want to just read books that vindicate your position. Mm -mm. Uh, and there's a lot, there's a lot I'm reading that I'm like, whoa, you know, like when you read the smartest kids in the world and you're a parent, what are you doing? You're not like, you're not, it's not like, oh, I care about all the kids. It's like, no, I want my kid 
I want to find out if I'm being fretful about the wrong things that I actually can't change. Yeah, what can I do to help her? Yeah. Not, not I mean, I know help I can't her. change anything, but should I be fretful about something different just for public branding purposes? <laughs> right. What If I'm sitting with perspiration coming down my forehead all day about <laughs> the things I'm failing at, which one should I When you go meet with other parents, you can give them the surprising secret about delivery pizza. <laughs> do you know what this is doing to your child? Does your child play with the ball? Oh. oh. The ball requires oh. very little effort. <laughs> your oh, child boy. should really be playing with the dodecahedron. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I went to the grocery the other night. You know, it was uh, it was my daughter's seventh birthday. Yesterday. I saw that on my calendar. I didn't want to be creepy. Happy birthday! Of course, that you would never be creepy hmm. uh, in interacting with my. I was family. looking at her on your Instagram. She's she's such a cutie. She's seven now. She's um she's she's tall. Her friends are tall. Mm. Uh, I, we had her birthday party yesterday and her friends were there and I was like, when did you grow six inches? And the kid's like, I've never seen you before in my life and runs off. Why are you and talking like, to me? I, I, I see you danger. every freaking day for the last three years. You little punk. Yeah. He's like, never seen you before. Why are you talking to me? Although, you know, when I put my ha- hand on his head, mm-hmm. he like leans in rather than away because he knows that he does know me. And oh, that that's I'm good safe, breeding. I'm a safe friend. <laughs> but, but if we try and talk to him directly, he's just like, what, who, what, get, get away from me. Uh, but, but I went to the store and I'm like wandering around, I'm getting bread and I'm getting some jam and other things that I get at the store. And I see a little display of like birthday stuff. And I walk over because I'm, uh, you know, I'm an, I, I'm a customer. I'm an interested customer. Now your, your little end cap of birthday candles and cake decorations mm-hmm. uh, appeals to me because I have a birthday I'm planning. So I walk over and I look and I find a little candle in the shape of the number seven. Mm-hmm. And I found some streamers and I found some balloons and I said, I'm going to get these things. Now we're having a birthday party already for her at a, at a, at a third location. Mm-hmm. But I bought these things anyway because it's, it's it's ingrained in me. It's the type of thing my dad would do. He would just go to the store and he'd come home with a bag of things that had appealed to him that he saw on end caps. <laughs> I think everybody does that. Yeah. That's what Walgreens really relies on. So I come home and then uh, on the kitchen counter for like four or five days sits this paper bag with some stream with some like crepe paper streamer balloons uh, and a se- and a number seven candle, and <clears throat> then. I realized, like, oh, I'm going to go pick my kid up in a couple of hours from her after-school program. I should decorate the house. So I jump into action, and I put uh, crepe streamers all over. Wow. And I blow up these balloons. Like she's coming home from the war or something. Yeah, right. Like, welcome home. But it's, you know, it's her birthday, and I'm... Although I ridicule adults that celebrate their birthday for more than one dinner mm-hmm. uh like, <laughs> oh, like careful your birthday careful. here it is um but uh, some people deserve a whole month for their birthday know, let's just stipulate I know, I know they do some people's birthdays are real holidays mm-hmm. other people's birthdays are just massive inconveniences to them <laughs> uh but and it turned out i bought these balloons and they are really high quality balloons hmm. like kind of shiny sheen balloons Anyway, I put the balloons all up. I put the streamers all up. I brought her home. We walked in the door. Of course, I'm not like a ta-da type person. I'm much more of a like do-do-do type person. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. walks in, walks right through the house, walks all around, starts complaining about dinner, and had, did not register at all. The balloons or the streamers or anything. 
Huh. And I was like, did you, by any chance, coming in the door, see anything unusual? And she, like, marches back over to the door like, no, what? And I'm like, well, it's not on the floor. And she's like, well, what? And I'm like, oh. It's, it's exactly what I would have been like, I think, probably. Yeah, you just go out of your way to make everything joyless. <laughs> And uh, eventually she was Thanks, like, oh, Dad. yeah, yeah, I see you did. Yeah, decorated. great. Hey. Anyway, back to, <laughs> back to the menu. You went to the store. Back to the night's menu. And I felt, I felt like I'm reading, you know, I'm reading this book about uh, the smartest kids in the world. And I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to, <laughs> and I haven't gotten very far into the book. I'm still in the anecdotal phase. But there was this key, there was this key moment where, some young woman in Oklahoma had succeeded. She was awkward, didn't have a lot of friends. Nobody else thought the word onomatopoeia was interesting. And so she couldn't make friends. <clears throat> and she got invited to, to go to a summer program at Duke because she got a good grade on a test or something. Hmm. And she came home and she was like, I really want to go to this summer program, Mom. It only costs $100 million. And uh, I'll be with kids that are like me. And... I don't think it would cost $100 million. I mean, I'm sure it was expensive, but I'm sure it also was whatever manageable. And her mom did the well, thing. Well, like it's like the supposed cultures where the only numbers they have are one, two, and many. That's pretty much how money is for me. Yeah. There's like entirely inf- uh, affordable and you've got to be fucking kidding me. You know, and that's real, that like one, two, or many thing. It's true. I've, yeah. I've actually been in many, many situations where it was like, how, how, how far? And they're like, oh, many. Many. You're not even close to two or one. Don't worry like, about I, that. I don't know how, how it's it's not that many. And they're like mm, many. Mm, yeah, could be a, could be a thousand. Don't don't start looking for two yet. You're not there. But I'm reading this book and I'm like, there are there are going to be things in here. There are going to be secrets that I learn. And this chapter ends with this girl saying, you know, mom, can I go to the thing? And the way the writer portrayed it, it was one of those simple like, well. I didn't, you know, she's so young and I didn't want her to be away from me for a month. So I said no. Chapter and then curtain. Mm-hmm. And it just, it like broke my heart. Like, oh, if your kid gets into a special program, a summer program at Duke, please don't say no. Mm-hmm. Please, like, it just seems like, please don't. And I immediately was like, I got to put up streamers for her birthday. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's not the same. She didn't get into anything. It's no Duke. <laughs> but I don't want her to. I don't want her to come home and be like, Dad didn't decorate for my birthday. <laughs> and instead, I got the other thing. Like, you can't go to Duke, but I bought you the expensive <laughs> mac and cheese. I got the. These are shiny balloons. You didn't sweetie. get one. You didn't get many. But today you got two. <laughs> I love you. We don't live in Finland, but I love you. <laughs> I love you. You are not one of the smartest kids in the world. You, if you were smart, you'd know that. Now, Daddy has to tell you. Sit down and yeah. eat your mac and cheese. I don't know which thing is right. Do I tell you that you're not one of the smart ones so you don't become a monster? Or there's, do a, I tell there's, you there's a book to tell you you're doing it wrong somewhere, believe me. <laughs> yeah, or you are one of the greatest kids in the world because that's still what we're doing, although we know that that's produced a generation of monsters. Maybe, what do maybe you're supposed to produce the smartest kid in the world but have them believe that they're the dumbest kid in the world. That That's how you get a serious James Bond villain going. Yeah, I mean, but the... All of the all of the true achievers have some s- terrible stories about how they were tortured as kids. That's true. You don't want to torture your kid. You should write a book about that. that th- there's your book. 
There it is. Mm-hmm. How to torture your kid without seeming to torture your kid. It's like a little mini Cheney. It's like, you know, <laughs> kids are not gaslit nearly enough anymore. Now we're afraid we're going to scar them or something. You well, know? you know, you know, how when you go to Ikea and there are 40 different kinds of pillows, Ugh. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy 40 pillows and then every day just change the pillow in, in her pillowcase. So she thinks it's the same pillow every night, but it's a different, it's a totally different pillow of different firmness of different constitution. Okay. So, so, she, so a lot of this is, is sowing seeds of self-doubt. Yeah. So she's never a hundred percent sure. Like, wait a minute. Yesterday the pillow was so hard and today it's so soft. Am yeah. I the crazy one? I better not say anything. Yeah. And yeah. it's so subtle, but like, yeah. What, what about when you're choosing you're trying to pick out the new Dalai Lama and you lay out a bunch of stuff on a, on a picnic blanket and they come up and if they pick the right stuff, they get to be the Dalai Lama. What if you do that every day after school and you're always a little disappointed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that what you picked? Oh, huh. huh. Interesting. Right. Neighbor kid. Neighbor kid got it right. Well, <laughs> you're not the smartest kid no. in the world, but you're not the dumbest kid. You know what? No mac and cheese for you tonight. It's hard. It's hard. Hi, trolley. <laughs> Ship's going into shore, Mr. Cheney. <laughs> 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 <laughs>